It is time for This Week in Location-Based Marketing, episode number 82, Father's Day. On today's show, can Montreal-based DigiCity do what others have tried and tried and tried only to marginal success? Can they succeed? We wonder, Xtify's great news about location-triggered push notifications, waiting for a movie just got more interactive, and Samsung can't wait for NFC, literally can't wait. Plus, our usual bevy of M&A and financing news, our resource of the week, and Jonathan Steven, Head of mobile with JetBlue Airways swings by to tell us about how location is moving the airline industry forward. What a show! And it starts right now. Welcome, Asif. This is episode number 82, buddy. Happy Father's Day. Hey, hey, happy Father's Day. It is one of those days that uh, that we are supposed to do what we want to do, and look what we're doing. I know. We're we working. Are working. It's, <laughs> we're it's just, working. It's just what we do. I, I wouldn't imagine doing anything else. I know. Uh, well, it is a uh, quite a so, week, quite a week, and you were saying that this is one of these Sundays in, in Toronto that uh, make you wonder why you scratch, you scratch your head and wonder. The city is so vibrant, full of life, full of things. Like you've got the much music video awards, you got a ball game, you got North by Northeast. What? What else? <laughs> it's just it's jammed. Luminato, yeah, Luminato. There's all kinds of stuff going on. It's it's crazy. Well, to all you fathers out there, happy Father's Day, uh, and uh, we really appreciate you guys uh, coming and listening and watching wherever you are uh, and whatever you're doing during the week. And we are here to rehash, recap the news that was, give a little bit of insight into the location-based marketing world, some of the biggest stories, some of the biggest fundings, M&A, and of course, our special guests and a great resource, all of it jammed into one show, if you can believe it. And we'll keep it to a, uh, you know, probably about three or four hours. That's it. So sit back, enjoy. First off, Asif is actually back in the city of Toronto, as you can see, after uh, Vegas and uh, Europe, and uh, he's in for a couple of uh, days and then ending about it at the end of the week. What What is it? Uh, there's something going on uh, June 20th for the Location-Based Marketing Association. Why don't you talk about that? Yeah, this this coming Wednesday here in Toronto, I'm actually in town, so we're having an event. Um, no, now, it's not, now it's wait not, a second. Uh, is is the reason that you're having an event because you're actually in Toronto? It's like, yay, Asif is here. No, no. Yeah, yeah, we're having a party to celebrate my return to the city. No, uh, absolutely not. Uh, um, we're having a great event uh, called uh, Checking Into Content. And it's the idea of we're going to explore the sort of the non-check-in, check-in, so to speak, where we look at, you know, the relationship between location and billboards and television and digital out of home and sort of all the other media uh, beyond just mobile. So I think it's going to be a, a really great event. We've got Mediacom, CBS Outdoor, uh, host, you know, hosted by KPMG. Uh, we've got CBC on the panel as well. We've got a uh, special um, case study is going to be uh, supplied by Stop.at. Um, so yeah, it's going to it's going to be great. All right, I'm not going to hold on one second to see if bring your camera. Can you move your camera down slightly? Yeah. Perfect. Okay, I'm coming back in here. Well, it should be a great event. I mean, it is something that is happening uh, uh, June 20th. Where is it being hosted, Asif? KPMG, uh, Bay Adelaide Center in Toronto. Uh, it starts at 3 o'clock, goes till about 7. So, uh, keynote panel, um, good event. So, hope you Yes, think. please, if you're in the Toronto area. And then, it, like, a week later, I don't know if you know about this, but a week later, Asif, uh, this little thing called uh, Untethered Talks. We're down to the crunch right now. Yeah. 
Yeah, I've heard about it. It's kind of, you know, it's got a lot of buzz going. You know, I, I come back into the city and everybody's, you know, forget Luminato and North by Northeast and all this stuff. Everybody's talking about Untethered yeah, That's because we have been pimping this yeah. like it's, uh, you know, we just, <laughs> we, we feel that this is this is one of those times in, in, in our existence. It was, you know, I, I just penned this. It's an article I put up on Untethered.tv today. It's about, you know, the reasons why. Uh, we should be embracing this technology. When I came back from, I, I did a, a, a an Asian trip on my own in the early 90s, and I came back and I had seen some of the technology that was evolving in, in there, and I came back and I and I immediately uh, latched onto the internet, and I started talking to, uh, to entrepreneurs and business people about the internet, about websites and all these kind of things, you know, that seem commonplace today, but 92, 93, it was it was a you know a, a far leap back then, and people came to me and said, "Why would I ever need that, Rob? What is this tool? It's so dumb. I've got ads, I've got TV and print. I don't need the internet." And then look what happened. And now we've been pushing mobile and um, and. Did you ride the plane back? Exactly. Work? It was like. Were you the guy in the seat? Did you use KLM social seating, Rob, to figure out where Al Gore was sitting and? Make sure that it you was can like, do that. yeah, you know what? I um, uh, simple is as simple does, right? Uh, and uh, I, I passed on that idea to Gore, but but you start to see this happening now in the mobile space, where it's people are saying, you know, what, there's confusion around it, and they don't know where this is going, and that's what Untethered Talks is. And one of the things that we're bringing forward is obviously you, Asif. You are talking about the death of Geo, and I would love for you to take a second here just to describe what that means to you—the death of Geo. Yeah, so basically I'm going to explore this whole concept of, uh, you know, the definition of what is a place and, you know, the, the, this far too limited definition of, you know, geo in, in the sense of location-based marketing simply being, you know, buildings that we can check into and, and really start to expand it into a world that we're not quite there yet, but the world of every person, place, and thing being geotagged, geo-addressable, you know, the relationships that are possible between these things. So it's the death of geo in one sense of, you know, it just being, you know, check into this building and the birth of, you know, location, uh, you know, and, and addressable location, um, you know, across the board, across all objects. And so that's so that's what I'm going to explore. It's, it's really what we've so, talked about, which is the the uh, location as dial tone, isn't it? Finally arriving. Yeah. 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 Well, you know what? I'd love for you to see uh, Asif uh, is is doing a is a doing a keynote um, on the 26th in the morning, and he's also then going to sit on a sit around um, on a panel and uh, and defend exactly what he just talked about with a whole bunch of other people. It's, it's great. It's a good event. We have got 27 speakers now through two days. Don't know when we're going to jam them in. But there are tickets available, and we've just released a uh, single-day passes. Uh, lots of people are asking about that, especially in the Toronto area. And we've got a students to start up rate of $199, sponsored by our lead founding sponsor, Norton Rose. They've subsidized the rest of the cost. There's only 25 of those tickets available, and they're going quickly. So go and take a look on Tether Talks. You know, it's funny that you should bring that up, Asif, around the death of uh, the check-in and uh, pervasive geography. Mm -hmm. Because I think that as we move into our top five stories... The first one is exactly this, right? Which is a, a, a kind of a, that's a head scratcher for me. Uh, this is a company called DigiCity. It's based out of Montreal. And um, yep. I kind of, I wish I had this big graphic that would come up. It was like WTF question mark, or is this like late 2009? Uh, so let's talk about this and then maybe I'll have a, a few words about this. What is DigiCity? Well, DigiCity is basically supposed to be the better Groupon. Um, <laughs> it's out of Montreal. Uh, That's funny. They, um, 
you know, they're operating in at the moment only Montreal and Vancouver. Um, the idea is, is that the, you know their argument is yes, we need another one of these. Um, you know that uh, gives the businesses more controls, lets them decide you know when they want to put a deal out, time of day, um, you know length of deal, um, size of deal, you know control basically all the controls you want, and you know lets you integrate and sort of manage your Facebook and Twitter all all in one breath. And you know I, I just think that there are lots of platforms that do this. Um, you know I think there's you know so, so I, I don't see any big differentiators here. And the other thing I don't like about it is, is it's it's iPad uh, and i and and iPhone like it's basically Apple only platform. So there's nothing on Android. There's nothing on BlackBerry. Um, you're in Canada. I mean, you still got a lot of Blackberries here, despite where the company's going. There's still a lot of Blackberries. Well, it said that they launched in uh, in Vancouver. They're focusing in Vancouver and Montreal. Uh, each have 25 businesses um, in, in each area, and uh, a few things that really it's the same thing. You know. There are so many platforms out there uh, to get awareness of this. Yeah. You, you know, you're too late. Add some value to those platforms. And um, this is a it's a weird thing because it's re they say that DigiCity is recreating the real world on your uh, phone and enabling a real time view into what's going on at your favorite places. Uh, you know, it just kind of seems that it's, it's a it's a combination of uh, 40 different things, including like uh, Scavenger and um, and then uh, local mind and uh, Groupon yep. and and Foursquare and uh, Yelp and and uh, it just seems that there's too much. There's just too much going on here. It's too scattered. And uh, with only 25 businesses, uh, you're not going to get that critical mass that you need right now. This uh, I don't get well, it. And, and it's just so much feature set yeah. in there. Um, you know, it's it's like uh, it's like Microsoft Excel, right? You know, I got this thing here, and you know, I use like two percent of the capability yeah. of this product. You know, and and you know, so why are we cramming it all in here? Just provide people with you know something that's different that they want. Um, you know, and, and you know, and there's a thousand other guys doing this, so I, I just don't get it. And you're only on Apple, so anyway, it's tough. Sorry. And, and you know, what he says in this is is really interesting. Is that uh, there's a quote in here? It says it puts social media and customer engagement on autopilot. And I think that it, you know what what we've been preaching here, and what what a lot of businesses have been preaching is, is to not do that. Um, you win exactly. by one-on-one -on -one relationships and expanding those relationships with your customers. And, and putting it on autopilot means you don't give a damn. And uh, that's not exactly the message right. that you want to go out with this. Do not put your social... The companies that are getting kudos right now, mind you, you know, in particular big brands, yeah. you know, and, and I'm sure Jonathan will talk about this as well from JetBlue, is, is the brands that are you know, doing one-to-one -one quick responses to engagement on Twitter and Facebook. They've got teams sitting there that are reacting to everything in real time. Um, it's not autopilot at all. So anyhow. Well, we wish them luck because they're a Canadian company, but we wish also that there would be a little bit more uh, innovation. That, that comes from this stuff because this is this has just been done unless you're coming you know coming to the market with something brand new unique innovative don't don't, don't waste your breath don't waste ours hey yeah that's a tough way to start there you go all right so we got that we got that crap see. over with let's 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 dump in jump into something that we actually won't dump on which is uh our second story our uh, our friends lockade and uh and this whole concept of opening up apis built and allowing other people to use their data yeah, I love this. Uh, so they launched uh, the Lockade uh, Geofence uh, API. Uh, so, so this is a new API for developers, basically, that gets, gives them 
real-time customer location data with real-world geographic area data, you know, so combining all that data together. So this is, you know, the sort of the whole world of location as a service, and we've talked about this a lot, we've talked about the importance of this space. Um, you know, there's lots of guys trying to build innovative, cool, location-based uh, mobile uh, services in the market, but, you know, going and, and, and building your own geofencing platforms and, and going and sort of building your own databases of, uh, of areas, um, you know, and we've talked, remember, we had Maponics uh, as well on the show a long time ago as a sponsor. So, um, you know, I just, I love these kinds of things where they just say, hey, look, if, you, if you're in the space, if you're a developer, you want to build something here, we've got a, 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 an API here, you can use our geofencing platforms and away you go and uh, and it makes sense right it's it's uh, you know it's absolutely why, why build it from scratch yeah I, I, I like this as well I, I mean I think that um, that when you have availability of this data use it and especially if it's cleansed data uh, use it you can find more information you know I pull it up on the screen at geofencedemo.lock-aid.com and uh, or just go to lock-aid.com and you'll you will be able to uh, link right to it. And I think this is a, a valuable service, and I, I like these guys. But that combination, as you said, of taking you know a, you know data and analytics and and uh, location specific mm -hmm. data and and uh, allowing people to engage with this and um and and then opening that data up and enabling them. And what I what I love about it is that there was uh, on the press release they had these top ten. You're not going to be able to see them if I pull them up, but they had the top 10 current uses for lock Geofence uh, already being deployed. And one of these things that they talked about, I'll see if I can, you're not going to be able to see it very clearly. But uh, what, I, what I loved about these, some of these are, um, you always think about where can I, I need to stimulate my ideas around what it is that I can offer. And, uh, you know, there's anything yeah. from um, fleet management to family safety and, uh, and uh, location, even analytics. Um, market research company uses Lockade Location to run permission-based consumer shopping and behavioral panels and surveys. I think that's great. But the most innovative one that I love, Asif, was the uh, mobile gaming. The leading smartphone gaming platform such as American Wagering and uh, Cantor Fitzgerald in Nevada use Lockade to ascertain that a customer placing a wager on a smartphone is within the Nevada state border. That, to me... so. I love when companies get that marketing message right. It's like, you know what? It is confusing, and here is here's Lockheed. I, I was just there. I was just there, Rob, earlier this week, and I did not place any bets on my smartphone. Eh? So Why like, not? It's the yeah. future. No, man. Well, we like this. We like what Lockheed's <laughs> doing here. Um, you know, I I, uh, I always take a caveat on the side is that I, you know I also I, I believe in in API usage and uh, and using it, but to a, a greater gain for your business. I'm a little uh, hesitant when people rely on APIs, open APIs, to build their businesses because I don't believe that you have anything of value if that's really what you're just doing. There's no right. IP for you. So bring it in, use it as a piece, not as the base of what you're doing, right? So it's, this could be an additional yep. service. But I, I love the fact that they're doing this. Lockade is a great, is a great little company. Um, so speaking of great little companies, what about, uh, what about this company called Extify? Love these guys. Uh, you know, uh, one of the uh, one of the really interesting LBMA members. Uh, you know, these, we've had these guys on the show before, and um, you know, not not any, any not any sort of new product announcement per se, but some great data that they've put out in the marketplace, sort of updating people on the power of push notifications, and and that's really the business that Xtifies in is location triggered push let's hear it right from Josh because I sat uh, down with Josh uh, a while ago we had him on the show as a, a, we interviewed him and he, this is in his own words what Xtify is 
Yeah, yeah. yeah. let's do it. You, Very yeah, why don't you give us a, an overview of what Xtify is before we get into the demo? So Xtify is a mobile engagement platform. And very specifically, what that means is you have all of those developers and brands out there putting apps in the various markets. But as you know, uh, one of the things that often happens is that app gets lost on the back page, or you can't have an effective way of reaching your customer when you'd most, most like to message them. So what we've done is we've built a platform that is a campaign management for push notifications and allows you to speak to your customer, as you'll see in a few moments, very much in context so that you can influence them at an unprecedented level. So that was that was uh, Josh Rochlin, uh, who is the CEO of, of Xtify. And that was from a, a previous episode that we did. The whole interview is up there. But if you just do a search for Xtify on, uh, on Untether.tv, you will find it up there. Uh, so what was this announcement that they came out with that uh, it was so significant? Well, they basically came out and said that the push notifications are, are absolutely on the rise. Um, and uh, for the first month, so they look at sort of monthly uh, engagement in terms of how many updates are being pushed out. And uh, in the month of May, this just this past month that passed, they hit a billion monthly location updates for the first time. So, I mean, that's huge. That's that's brands, that's agencies, that's you know, um, you know, whoever uh, you know using push notifications to influence uh, customer engagement, drive purchases, get people to uh, remember that they've got an app on their phone and to use it. Uh, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, and you know, Xtify is great in the sense that uh, it works on on all platforms. It's iOS, it's Android, it's BlackBerry, uh, tablets, smartphones. Uh, even works with Adobe's uh, PhoneGap um, platform. So these guys support all the platforms uh, and a billion monthly location updates. That's huge. And then the even more interesting news that that uh, that they came out with is 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 that location based push notifications as opposed to the general push notification. Um, are three times more effective than anything else. So, I mean, that that's a huge piece of data that you can hold out there and say, the power of location is here, and this is the, you know this backs it up. So it's crazy. It. It's crazy why uh, you know we think that it's that it, it is uh, an effective tool, but when when these guys who are doing you know processing a billion messages a month. Um, that that they actually can confirm that and actually put a metric behind it three times more effective yeah. uh and sms as we know and any kind of text-based messaging is uh, one of the most effective already one of the most effective means of communicating right uh, yes. there's a high percentage you know what is it 80 percent or 90 percent of people who get a text open that message so uh this is mm -hmm. this is a, a pretty staggering statistic when you throw in that location layer and and that's why um we, we think this is a pretty effective way of, uh, of doing things, especially with what, uh, what Josh is doing over at Xtify. We love the push notifications. If it's there done effectively, go. yeah. Keep it up. Very good. I'd love them. We're just cruising here. Maybe we should slow down, have a cup of coffee. Yeah. Our, fourth, our fourth story is about... Uh, it is fun. You know, we should, we should take it a bit slower. No, exactly. Uh, fourth story is around uh, screen vision uh, and hip cricket. If you've ever uh, sat through a movie theater, uh, in a movie theater, I was actually in one today. We went to see the, uh, and now it's it's completely gone, Madagascar 3 with the kids. That was their yeah. present to me uh, on Father's Day. Um, so we got there pretty early and all those screens are up there on the, you know, all those ads are on the screen and uh, hip cricket has partnered with screen vision to what? 
We'll basically give you something to do while you're <laughs> waiting for the show to start. Um, and, uh, you know, so they've, uh, Hip Cricket's got a platform called AdLife. Um, you know, this is about sort of the multi-screen uh, engagement. Uh, and really what they've done is is you, you can participate in uh, and play interactive mobile games uh, via SMS uh, while you're in that theater waiting for uh, for the show to start. So it's really cool. Um, one of the things I like about it is is so the, so the, the platform itself or the app itself is called Screen Fans, um, and you can earn points that you know you can redeem for free movies, uh, movie t tickets, snacks, uh, and that's all using the Hip Cricket uh, loyalty program that they've got in there. So basically, this is a great combination of of functionality from Hip Cricket that uh, that they built into the Screen Vision. Uh, program or, or app program um, so, so really cool you know you can do check-ins on it uh, into the theaters uh, you can you know uh, share reviews on Facebook you can do trivia contests uh, you know there's, there's lots of stuff going on here so it's uh, you know I think this is just the kind of thing that that we want to see uh, while you're waiting for a show yeah, and you know, it's not. Uh, I think that there are some companies that have uh, thrown QR codes up there, who have done uh, SMS text and trivia or uh, text to win. Yep. And I think this is just that following that trend. Is that uh, you, I remember the first time we saw an ad in in a movie theater, and uh, it was kind of stunning. Where you thought, "Oh my God, the last bastion yep. of non-commercialization is has been the barrier has been broken and it's been breached, and all of a sudden we've got ads in here, and uh, and now they're commonplace. So now it's about active engagement, and if you can get somebody to sit there who's captive, engage with your brand in one way, this mm -hmm. is this is another great example of doing that. And uh, as long as there's true value. Uh, for the for the consumer with that, yeah, th this is yes. a, a sign of things to come. And you know what? You know what is about to happen though. Commerce, commerce, what is it? commerce, yeah, man. Because I think that you, you know you've got a captive audience in a movie theater. Those screens become pop up stores, right? Somebody's somebody's got to get yeah, on that right away. Definitely... And and it's and it's going to happen uh, much faster than we think. It's not just about downloading music. But you think about the potential. You've got a captive audience in a theater. It's location aware. They're playing music over the speakers. You can actually buy that song by shazamming it. Then also you get into a whole bunch of different things. You just get a product listing up front. Boom. Products. Just buy them. Not just movie theater tickets. Any product. You want to buy a car? Just scan the QR code. We'll credit. We take credit cards. Absolutely. You see a car in the movie? There you go. You got it. This is exactly what I'm talking about. Is that active, uh, active, uh, you know, enablement of commerce, and that's what mobile and location have a uh, have a. They're going to contribute to this unbelievably, and it's going to be so exciting to see. There's going to be a blurring. So Screen Vision and Hip Cricket. I think this is only the tip of the iceberg. This is going to be great. All right, our last story is around Samsung not being able to wait. It's like you know a, a kid who uh, who finds his uh, finds Christmas presents you know in November in their parents' closet, which is not where I hide mine, um, which is why I probably do my Christmas shopping on December twenty fourth so they can't find their presents. Um, but these guys, so Samsung, uh, really active in uh, in NFC. They're releasing an NFC phone, the Galaxy S three coming up. It's going to be NFC enabled, and uh, they can't wait for it. Before we talk about this, we're going to explain what these things are. The Samsung Tech Tiles. Got a little video from Samsung's website. We're going to throw it up here, and uh, and then we're going to come back and have a have a little discussion about about this, yay or nay. So uh, here is Samsung Tech Tiles, which is our fifth story. With Tech Tiles, your phone automatically reacts to the world. 
you can simplify frequent actions with Samsung tactiles, like changing multiple settings to home mode, turning on driving mode, or making social networking even easier. Tactiles are easy to set. Just select an action, and your phone automatically knows what to do. Just tap to see it happen. Well, it's not the best video ever produced. I'll give them that. Uh, it's not what they do for a living. Um, but, but you know, basically these are NFC-enabled stickers. Am I missing anything here, or is that exactly what it is? No, they're they're exactly that. Um, you know, and, and their their motivation here is, as they've said, is is look, you know, we we we're banking on NFC for the future. We've got probably the most NFC enabled devices in the market today uh, of anybody. Apple still doesn't have one, as we know. Um, and you know, we we want to get people comfortable. We want to get people used to tapping and and understanding how NFC works and and what it can do. And it's not just about payments. Um, as uh, as as a lot of the discussion has been, it's it's about uh, you know so many things that you can just do with you know the tap of a phone. Um, and so what they've done is, is they've released these tactile uh, stickers. Uh, you can buy them uh, through any uh, of the big U.S. carriers, AT and T, Sprint, T-Mobile, and Verizon, uh, as well as on the Samsung website. They sell for fifteen dollars uh, for a pack of five, so basically three bucks a sticker. Uh, and then you basically can program these things um, to trigger when you tap an NFC equipped phone on them to do whatever you program programmed it to do. Uh, so I mean, you know, a bit forward thinking, a bit uh, for the uh, the folks out there who uh, you know who are absolutely on the leading edge. But you know, some of the examples they give are, are kind of interesting. So you know, you could um, so it comes with a matching app, um, you know, Samsung app called Samsung Tactiles for uh, for Android and um, you basically uh, so some of the examples you you can set the phone um, uh, to turn on Bluetooth or Wi-Fi by tapping. You could uh, enable uh, airplane mode by tapping. You can launch an app automatically. You can join a Wi-Fi network. Um, you can share you know contact information like a digital business card simply by tapping. Um, so there's a lot of things that you can do uh, that are kind of interesting. They, one example that they went on to say is is a parent could program a tactile and stick it to a refrigerator to automatically send them a text message that says, hey, mom and dad, I'm home, when their child gets back from school and taps their phone on the fridge. So there you go. I, you know, I, I, um, I'm, I'm laughing at that example because, yeah. um, I, you know, for one thing, I think that this is uh, too expensive for mass rollout and, as an interim technology, right? I mean, eventually, yep. NFC is going to be printable. Uh, and NFC tags are going to be printable or something to that yes. extent. And, and for the most part, something like QR codes can do the same thing, right? They can enable or trigger an action. Um, and Microsoft has a tag. Microsoft tag is the same thing. Um, and and uh, so I, th I think this is a, a neat thing. And it's it's really good of Samsung to go out and, and educate the population on, you know, on, on the future and what yeah. NFC means and how to use it. And and uh, try to you know create this adoption and give away the tags don't charge them for it uh, if you want to if you want to activate these kind of things because there's an example in that video of a, of a kid uh, you know ta tagging a uh, poster in a school and if you really wanted to equip the, the school with enough posters it would cost a thousand bucks and that's not something that's going to happen because they're throwaway or somebody's going to rip them off and 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 uh, yeah. but but you know I like this idea I like the idea of bringing uh, NFC uh, to bear 
but I, I just wonder if it's if it's at this point pushing um, this rock up a hill, and I think that you know you're trying to force NFC down everybody's throat. There's going to be a natural place for NFC in a natural time, and uh, it hasn't taken hold. Uh, you know, 2012 was supposed to be the year of NFC, just like 2011 was supposed to be the year of NFC. 2013 is not going to be the year of NFC. It might be when Apple nope. actually releases maybe iPhone 7 or 8 with NFC enabled, um, and maybe that's when when it turns. But uh, but we haven't seen any indication that this is something that that uh, that the hoopla around NFC has somewhat disappeared and the uses of NFC have, have disappeared. And this is an example of, of uh, maybe, you know, we'll look back a year from now or six months from now and think, what was what was Samsung really doing pushing these these tech tiles? But it's good on them. They must have a lot of money to be spending this. And they do. They, but they do in order to be able to uh, to drive awareness for this. But give these away, Samsung. Yeah. Right. Give them away. If you want the adoption, Ariel. All right, those are the five stories. You know, we got some good stories in there. But if you think we've missed any, if you should have been one of those five stories, man, reach out on tethergmail.com or asif at dlbma.com. Find us, follow us up on Twitter at Rob Woodbridge or at Asif Arcon in order to be able to send us some of these stories if you want to see them inside of this week in location based marketing. Good stories, Asif. Man, I love it. I loves it. Thank you. Yeah. We're going to jump right into uh, this great uh, interview that I did with uh, with Jonathan Steven, who is the head of mobile with JetBlue Airways. We know Jonathan going way back to the Mobile Marketing Association. Um, he was based out of New York, and he's mm -hmm. moved over into JetBlue. So he's gone from an association into a brand, and he's brought his knowledge of mobile and location into this uh, into this venerable brand in JetBlue. And I, I got a great opportunity to sit down with him and talk to him about how JetBlue is integrating location, mobile, into commerce and enabling customer service. And I think that this is a really interesting clip. It's about three or four minutes. But, uh, you know, Jonathan is a very well-versed guy in this business, and he's seen quite a bit, and uh, he's bringing that expertise to JetBlue. So without further ado, Jonathan Steven, the head of mobile with JetBlue Airways. Take it away, Rob and Jonathan. Here it is. When you start to think about how this industry is going to change, so how mobile is going to change uh, the airline industry, you know, are, are you starting to look at things like location-based marketing? Are you looking at things like obviously tying loyalty to uh, to the application? Um, are you looking at things like, um, oh, well, I don't know, uh, you know, in-app entertainment and those kind of things, or in-flight entertainment on, through mobile? Are are you what are you guys contemplating at JetBlue? So there's a couple of ways to look at this. Let's first look at the technology side. I, I'm being in the travel vertical. I have to keep myself apprised of what's happening in the mobile industry. There are a few technologies out there that I see that are going to have a huge impact uh, in, in the travel industry. For example, near field communications. I'm a huge fan of it. Uh, I see more and more devices are being developed with this ability. And the question is, is how could airlines use this secure technology to engage with their customers? And I've seen a few airlines out there start to experiment, experiment with it already. Um, but the ability to give their passengers a boarding pass uh, through their device and they were able to go through the security checkpoint with a near-field communication scanner. So that's, and that's just the service side there. There's also a whole commerce side, perhaps purchasing items on board and swiping your phone across the, uh, across the, uh, the reader to be able to purchase something. And, and so there's so many opportunities just with one technology, just from a service side and also from a mobile commerce side as well. 
Something else we're starting to see that's growing is uh, uh, mobile boarding passes itself. Uh, many airlines today are offering mobile boarding passes, and I'm happy to say JetBlue uh, is working on an initiative for mobile boarding passes as well because we want to deliver the service to our customers. Um, I'd say that there's a certain element of it to being green because you don't have to print out a piece of paper anymore. Uh, but again, it's empowering the customer. They're able to book their flight, check into their flight, get their flight information, and have their boarding pass right on their phone. So again, the more tools we can give to our customers, um, the, better, uh, the better experience that they're going to have. And when you think about it, it goes back to that question, what problem are we trying to solve? Customers want to be able to go to the airport and zip right through security. They want to be able to get to their gate. They don't want to have to stand in lines. So the more that we can deliver to them through the mobile channel, the better their experience will be. So on that vein, let, let's dive a little bit deeper into some of these things because it, it's it's really interesting. You know, there's a battle and you know this because it's so important to what you guys are doing. There's a battle right now for, uh, you know, the share of this non-existent market yet, which is called the mobile wallet. We're not quite there yet, right? Um, but, you know, when you start to think about how that is going to have an impact on the airline industry around security and around identification and payment, and as you said, ticketing, and then onboard payment, th this could be something that is two things. First of all, revolutionary, right? That the device that you're carrying becomes your passport, your ticket, and your wallet, big, and your loyalty uh, card, big. But then also that there's many more opportunities for, for an airline like JetBlue to, you know, do microtransactions, onboard microtransactions for things that you would not normally sell. Like you've got the sandwiches and the booze and all that kind of stuff and the drinks. But then uh, you've also got the headphones and the movies. And does that, what, what kind of opportunity? Two questions here. First of all, how important is that wallet? And then second, how, what kind of opportunities that, does that open up for JetBlue around additional revenue opportunities uh, on board or around? So I would say it's important because customers today are demanding this technology. More and more people are embracing mobile commerce. They're trusting the channel. They're sharing information. They're pairing their bank accounts. They're, they're using this medium. And I think over the time, this goes back to my MMA hat, that the carriers are starting to embrace this as well and enable more companies to be able to either do carrier billing or perhaps bill directly to the credit cards. So as an industry as a whole, and I'd say within the North American market, that we're, we're really starting to see a great adoption there. And it's a huge opportunity for JetBlue. It's a huge opportunity for airlines all around. Um, to be able to leverage this technology. Back in the day, we used to only have cash cabins where you, you'd pay for items with cash. Then they moved to the credit card where uh, it became this cashless cabin. And I'm, I'm not a fortune teller, but I can tell you that with mobile commerce growing so much, we're going to start to see mobile commerce in the air as well. Something that's very simple for the user to be able to use. And when you think about it, the device, when you create an application and you've tied your loyalty account to it, the airline will know some of the likes and dislikes that you have and they'll be able to know what are some of the items that you purchase on board and I can, o I can almost foresee that perhaps airlines will be able to offer their customers perhaps discounts or coupons on some of the favorite items that they have so it's really a matter of keeping your ear to the ground and understanding how customers are using this technology and then making sure that you adapt to it in the future and that was Jonathan Steven, who is the head of mobile with JetBlue Airways. The full interview can be found up on untether.tv. Just do a search for JetBlue. I really appreciate Jonathan sitting in on that and allowing us to use this clip on This Week in Location-Based Marketing. We just bring you the greatest people. That's what we do. We
<laughs> and and it's you know what it has something to do with the industries that we're in. It's an embracing industry. The people in this in this space, mobile location, are just the cream of the crop. They're the best people, best people. All right, what do you say we jump into our M and A and funding section? This is where yeah. there's some money exchanging hands, big money. And speaking of big, big blue getting involved in this whole space, finalizing an acquisition with Tea Leaf. First of all, we don't need to describe what Big Blue is IBM buying, but what is Tea Leaf? Well, Tea Leaf is a uh, sort of analytics uh, company of sorts um, that looks in particular at tracking what shoppers do and what they see on websites and mobile devices. And um, so, so it's really a data mining analytics company that's specific to online uh, and mobile shopping. And so, uh, you know, IBM has a group um, that's called Smarter Commerce, um, and so this is, you know, a perfect fit for them in terms of having, you know, having that sort of uh, insight and knowledge into, uh, you know, the mind of the shopper, whether they're online or on mobile. And uh, so I didn't see any specific numbers on this particular deal, but, uh, you know, knowing IBM, you know, it's sizable of sorts. If it's, if it's, uh, if it's worthy of an announcement, there's, there's some dollars associated with it. There's a great quote on this, and you as a consumer, take, take your business hat off and put your consumer hat on. And, uh, and this, is, uh, this press release was written in, um, definitely from the business standpoint because it says, and I quote, you'll see it in blue and highlighted there, making marketing more of a welcomed service for consumers. Wow, that's what that's what this deal yeah. is, and I'm not sure that anybody wants to be marketed to. But uh, no, I, this is uh, IBM. Um, you know, we don't hear much about IBM uh, in this space, and they have their entire consulting practice, as you've said. And, and uh, th these guys need to start amping it up when it comes to the technology acquisitions in order to be able to compete. Yeah, and you got to think this is again. We don't. I don't have a number on this, but it's it's got to be yeah. sizable. I mean, Tea Leaf's been around since. The late '90s, um, and uh, I, I think they uh, they were spin-off of um, Software AG or one of yeah. those big uh, one of those big companies before, right? So they're you know this this isn't a small little uh, shop. No, no this startup. is not a startup. This is a company that's been around and uh, good on uh, IBM. I always like I always like yeah. when big companies like this take you know it, it, this is a strategic buy, and if you look a little bit into this, what are they trying to do here? And I think that that's the uh, the riddle. That all the competitors are now looking at. So IBM acquires Tea Leaf. If you want some information about Tea Leaf, just go to Tea Leaf, exactly like it sounds. dot com. They are now an IBM company. There you go. Okay, now here's a company that has raised a little bit of cash, just a little bit of cash. A company called Yext raises twenty seven million smackers. Putting it, take that, put it right in the pocket. What's the hold on that check? Six, ten days. Twenty-seven yeah. million dollars. This is on top of a twenty-five million dollar uh, investment a, a number a couple of years ago. First of all, what is Yext? Uh, Yext is a company uh, has a product called Power Listings. Um, this is you know the uh, sort of uh, super uh, business listing service. So, so the idea here is is that you know, and we've talked about this this issue before, but you know. If you're a business, uh, in the old days, you you know, you know you you get the yellow pages guy knocking on your door. You put your listing in the yellow pages. Somebody want to find you. You know, you get out that old paper directory book, and they can find you. Uh, in today's world, you've got Foursquare and Yelp and Facebook and Google and you know seventeen thousand other uh, places where you have to list your business. And now, and then you got Digicity. And now Digicity. <laughs> 
and, and you got to manage all these listings and they're all all that data is tr treated as proprietary by the different companies and all that kind of stuff so yext is a company that says look no no no, no. just you just give us the stuff and we'll synchronize it across 50 different uh, sites um, and and we'll manage it all for you and try and make it all simple um, so that's what they do so 27 million this is the series e uh, fund for them um, you know that's uh, yeah that's a lot of a lot of coin. And the valuation at uh, twenty-seven million dollars or two hundred seventy million dollars—that's um, what they're saying it is. And now, now here's a question for you. See, if we've talked about uh, you know the postal services and the transition that the postal services need to make in order to be able to become relevant, because of especially in Canada, Canada Post suffered a three hundred seventy million dollar loss last quarter simply because nobody's sending mail anymore. Um, and they're trying to pivot and position themselves in a different way as a, as a parcel and a package delivery service. Um, and you see this in the U.S. Postal Services as well. But to me, you hit on it when we had uh, Canada Post on as a sponsor, is that their bread and butter, what they need to be doing right now is exactly this. They are the ones that have every location of every house and every business in the countries, in the United States and in Canada. And when people change their address, where do they change their address? With a postal office, right? With Canada Post right. or the U.S. Postal Service. Yeah, and and if you can get a company like this that's got a two hundred seventy million dollar value, buy it. I mean, according uh, according to the, to the press release, they they've managed uh, they've powered nine hundred fifty thousand different location updates for fifty thousand yeah. businesses. Well, I mean, fifty thousand businesses. Nothing. I mean, there's hundreds and hundreds of thousands of businesses in Canada and the U.S. Um, you know, and if this company is worth two hundred seventy million, I, I have no idea what Canada Post or the U.S. Postal Service getting into this business could be worth. But anyway, they should, right? And that's the key here: is that this is a ripe opportunity for the postal offices to transition their business, to get into this business, to to own this business. But they're sitting back and they just want to be a parcel service delivery uh, patsy. Drives me crazy. So uh, you know what? Maybe here's a bold prediction: Yext is going to buy Canada Post. <laughs> Yeah, not happening. Canada, Canada Post is doing some good things on the digital I know, front. I think I you're going to hear a lot from them in the next uh, couple well, of months. Well, Yext raised $270 million or $27 million on a $270 million valuation. I just think that Canada Post should be right in there. I think that U.S. Postal Service should look at this as well. All right, our last uh, last funding deal here is a company called iZettle. We've mentioned these guys before. They're at a stock home. They raised how much, Asif? Thirty-one point four million. Uh, so iZettle is the Square of Europe. Um, you know, as you said, based in Stockholm. Uh, this is Series B funding, uh, led by Greylock and North Zone. Um, it all, Mastercard's also in there. Surprisingly, that's kind of interesting. Mastercard's everywhere right now on payments. It seems. Um, you know, and uh, yeah. So this is. Um, 31.4, uh, bringing you know, the total over the two rounds to 46.7. So they got almost 50 million in funding in there. Um, we'll see. I mean, the the plan is is to get beyond sort of Europe and into some other countries uh, and into the U.S. potentially as well. So the difference here between them and Square, just to recap from our previous conversations, is while Square processes uh, swipe uh, cards, uh, you know, the the Magstripe uh, cards in the U.S which is is the common type of credit card in the US these guys use the chip uh, based cards um, you know, you, so you insert your card in, into a chip reader um, which is uh, obviously much more common in Europe and in Canada so 31.4 million dollars for iZettle if you're interested go to iZettle.com 
I think we have our own views. We could do an entire show on the value of these companies that are just enabling uh, uh, transactions. It's not a business that I would personally like to be in. I don't think that it's a, a long-term viable business. Uh, there's not really anything unique here at all. And as you're seeing this, I mean, I've got, uh, you know, but lots of cash in the lots short of term. cash in the short term. And, and Moneris, I just got my Moneris paid, P-A-Y-D. It's the same thing as IZ. It's the same thing as Square, but it's available up in Canada. It's a long, it's a short-term gold mine, but a long-term. Uh, yeah. We're going to start to see some suffering there. But they raised thirty-one point four million dollars. Good on them. Yes. Like it. And and, and all of a sudden, um, and Square's trend. You know, I think they're doing six billion dollars a month now in trans in transactions and just. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that they're driving six billion in revenue, right? It just means that they're doing trans. No, 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 most of that's going back to the yeah. uh, so, credit. Those are the three uh, stories that we're covering in the M&A and funding activity in this past week. So if we missed anything there, if you think that there's anything more relevant than those three stories, bring it. doesn't matter if it's in North America, or Europe, or Asia, or Africa. It does not matter. We are covering it. This is a global phenomenon that is happening here. So reach out. You know the email address is untethergmail.com or seif at the lbma.com. Got one last piece of business here. One last piece of business here. And I don't know, Asif, I'm going to let you in on a little secret here, okay? Those consumers, those pesky little consumers that buy all those products, you and I, you know what I'm talking about? Hey, I we, heard of them. We want our voices to be heard. We want our feedback to be heard. I don't know if you knew that. But that is the result of a survey, and that is our resource of the week. Shocking. It it's like though. you know what what no 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 <laughs> they do not yeah new new data out uh media post published it uh it was it was conducted by a group called empathica um that basically so it's titled shoppers talk but doubt stores listen <laughs> um shoppers talk but doubt stores listen 85% of shoppers say that they provide uh, customer feedback in stores when asked, but only 29% believe it does any good. And only two in five think retailers care what they say anyway. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Uh, shock. Shock. Well, it's a, uh, I think there's a, uh, there was an app that, that I interviewed. It, it wasn't uh, Ditto uh, Me, but, uh, you know, now it escapes me, but it was about real time uh, mobile engagement or mobile customer service and mobile mm -hmm. feedback. And I think that this is, um, uh, this, this is what we're talking about here is that any way you can enable your customers to give you feedback, act on that feedback. Really be empathetic, empathetic or, or empathize with their plight if it's an issue. And this is why I think that you cannot, what you know, what uh, DigiCity was talking about, you cannot automate that process because then these, these actual feelings from a consumer standpoint are true. That, that you don't care because if you automate your social and your mobile and your interaction, you don't care about your customer, right? And and uh, I think that this somebody got paid a whole lot of money to figure that out. Wow. Yeah. You could have just asked your parents. Because it's old school business rules, as Gary Vaynerchuk likes to call it. It's like back to basics. Customers care. Customers matter. Care about your customers. So shoppers talk, but doubt stores listen. What do you think? What do you think? Yeah, you know, I, I think it's uh, it's data that says what we already knew. Um, you know, obviously, you know, it's it's you know they surveyed seventy sixty five hundred people, so um, you know, decent sample size. Uh, this is U.S. data, by the way, uh, only. Um, you know, they go on to say eighty three percent say they would be more loyal to a store if they could be sure that their comments were taken seriously. Is that amazing? 
Here, yeah. you know what the challenge? The challenge that everybody's facing right now in this ultra competitive world about you know free choice and free reign and free love and all this kind of stuff that we're seeing as a result of these these tools that we use. They're telling you how to keep them as a customer. They're telling you. Yeah. So forget about the technology. Forget about all the implementations. Just reach out a you know a helping hand. Just acknowledge. And you can gain them as customers. For well, them. and it goes back to you know our opening conversation with Digicity, right? About the autopilot yeah. discussion, yeah. right? Don't you know, do it. I, and I think that you know the data says here. Here we got the data to back it up, right? We don't, you know, consumers want to be heard, and they don't want to be heard, you know, just every once in a while. And when they when they say something, they want you to respond now, like yeah. right away, not autopilot response, um, you know, automated standard response for everybody. They want individualized, personalized. You read my, my my comment and you cared about it and you responded to it. I mean, it's customer service 101. I can't believe we're back to basics now. I'm going to write the book. You know, uh, oh, man. All right. Know. So that All was right. a resource. Consumers want their feedback heard. Shoppers talk, but doubt stores listen. If you are a store, listen. If you're a shopper, keep talking. Uh, and uh, don't go underground. Keep your voice heard. And I'm sure that some good retailers some good business will reach out and win your business away that's it episode number 82 my yeah. goodness 82 episodes in the bag we will be here as of course for episode number 83 next week um and if you have any feedback on this and you know we've had some great feedback we've had some good comments we've had some great tweets if you have any feedback about this or any other episode, please reach out. Reach out. We really, really do appreciate yeah, hearing from you. If you want to spread the love, if you love this show, spread it. We, we will take that as well. And if you really love this show, subscribe to us through iTunes um, or through our RSS feed, which is on untether.tv. Uh, and you will get the episodes in your or on your device um, right away as soon as they're available. It's the best way to do it. We appreciate the fact that you listen each and every week because it means the world to us. We do this for free. This is our contribution. We want you to know what is going on out there. If, you, if you're yeah. also interested in reaching our audience, which is growing at a great rate, we would love to have that conversation as well. Reach out to either a C for myself, and we will get you on here as a sponsor. We will get your ad out here in front of a bunch of people that actually are relevant in this industry who listen to this because we bring great news, great insight to them each and every week for 82 consecutive weeks. This is not a fly-by-the-night organization. We don't miss anything. We're here. And we ain't going anywhere. So no way. Go. We've done this on Valentine's Day. We've done this on Father's Day. What else have we done this on? We've done this on every day that could get us a divorce. I think we did it on Christmas. We did it on Christmas. Yeah. Yes. So uh, we are dedicated. We're crazy dedicated. And we'd love to hear your feedback. That's it, Asif. we got nothing left. All right, man. We will see everybody next week for episode number 83 of This Week in Location-Based Marketing. Thanks for watching. Safe travels, Asif. Cheers.